Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording, and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. Welcome to episode 11 of What You Say in English, the podcast where I listen to you and I will give you feedback on what you're doing great and where you probably need a little bit of improvement. Today is a special day because we have another uh, a person. This her name is Jenny and she's originally from Madagascar. She is an English teacher. I was surprised because I did not expect her to be an English teacher at all. I mean, I've, I've I met her through the uh, Masters of English uh, Facebook group, and she, we had a very nice conversation. We had a, a few problems with uh, communication because uh, the connection was uh, getting lost a little bit. So I I tried to keep the recording as neat as possible so you could you know get the most out of it. And my impression after we we had the conversation was amazing because she is a very fluent speaker and even though her first language is not english she manages very very well i will give you a few uh moments in which she uh, lost a little bit of control and i think it's pretty basic and sometimes when you get to a level there are moments in which uh certain aspects of grammar control get fossilized uh, now fossilization is uh, a process in which Uh, a, a kind of a feature, usually a grammatical feature or even a pronunciation feature, uh, gets stuck. It's like uh, nobody, uh, probably she didn't have any feedback on this before, and nobody has cared because the problem is that when you communicate and people under, uh, still understand you, you uh, continue pronouncing it, and and if nobody else tells you, okay, so this is not the way it's uh, it's said it's this, it's like this, then you don't get to improve. And, and fossilization is something that commonly happens bet, uh, in, in students who have an intermediate level or even an advanced level. Uh, again, I'm, I'm telling you, in terms of communication, it doesn't really affect that much. And people will just, uh, you know, continue the conversation that you both have. And, you know, it, it wouldn't affect that much. But it, it does, I mean, in terms of, Uh, improving it does do its thing but overall Jenny managed her conversation the conversation that we had we uh, we managed it really really well and I will give you some examples of excellent discourse excellent conversational skills and excellent control of uh, grammatical structures but before we get started I would like you to take a listen to our sponsor <music> How long have you been preparing for your IELTS exam and still don't know how to improve? TakeIELTS.net takes your exam preparation a step further by mixing real-life mock exams with full reports on your performance written by real IELTS examiners. More than 53,000 test takers have benefited from a recognized and trusted mock exam with high reliability and high-quality standards. Save 10% in your next order with what you say in English. Go to takeielts.net and use the code WISE, that's W-Y-S-E, during checkout. Yes, remember that with that 10% discount, you can take 
all the mock tests from IELTS that you want and you will get to improve a lot if you're facing the exam pretty soon. Remember the code is WISE, W-Y-S-E, and you will get a 10% discount. Now, back to our conversation. Without further ado, listen to Jenny. So, hi, how are you? I am doing great. And you? <laughs> well, first of all, you have to tell me how to pronounce your name. How do you say your name? Oh, okay. It's easy. Jenny Nadia. Jenny Nadia. So, Jenny, um, where are you from? I came from Madagascar. Wow. Like uh, in Madagascar, uh, it's one of the province there from Fianarantsu because there is a six provinces there. So I wow. came from Fianarantsu in Madagascar. And where where are you living now? I live here in South Africa, mm -hmm. in Randburg. Okay. Uh, it's not far from Johannesburg. Yes. It's not far from the capital, Pretoria. Mm -hmm. It's not far from that. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. And uh, what what is your first language? My my native language is Malagasy. I speak Malagasy. Good. Yeah, and um, it, it, like uh, there is like uh, many many languages that we spoke in Madagascar. So I speak uh, like the one in town. But even if I came from Fianarantsu, I don't know the Betsilo language. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's very it's funny because I don't know. Like, I know I grew up in town, so I know the language that uh, all of those six provinces that communicated, like you know. Mm -hmm. So that's the one I really know, but I don't know my native uh, language from Fianarantsu. It's called Betsleu. So Oh, interesting. But does Madagascar have like a national language? Yes, yes, we do have. It's called Mern. Merna language, it's from town in Antananarive, from Antananarive. So that language that people can communicate it, like uh, we can communicate each other, even mm -hmm. if we, it's like six uh, different provinces. So mm -hmm. that's the one that I know, I, I really know, but I don't know the one that uh, from my mother tongue and the other tongue. So. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's, it's, it's very funny. When I was when I was there and I, I went and visit and I need my brother to translate and it was so <laughs> funny. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah, well, those things can happen. Um, I have a friend from Zimbabwe and um she's an English teacher as me, and we work together actually, and she told me i mean we were talking about about it the other day and she told me that she is not as fluent now she's not as fluent in her native language as as she used to be when she was a girl a little girl and also because her language her uh, mother language doesn't have a written form so it's only spoken so it's very interesting that um, you you lose your your first language yes and, like uh, even me like uh, oh my goodness and my dad was like you have to come here and learn because <laughs> how how can you do that and i was like because i grew up in town so i can't yeah. yes <laughs> and and how long have you been learning english 
Yeah, like uh, for me, uh, when I, um, let's see, like it's from 2002, mm -hmm. 2001, that mm -hmm. I learned English language because um, at school, I didn't care much about it because my teacher, when I asked my teacher, what is this and that? And then my teacher's like, no, you can, you have to know it by heart and, you know, so I was like, oh my goodness. And I, I started like, I don't like it at all because when I asked, like I asked them like, why why am I saying this word? And they were like, no, you have to do this and you know, you have to <laughs> study by heart. Yeah. And I didn't care much about it. Okay. So I think it's since 2001. No, I was going to ask you, do you use English every day um, in South Africa? Yes. Yes, we do. Like Are, yeah, even here at home, uh, I, I, I speak English with uh, with my children and uh, with my husband. Mm -hmm. Even if my husband is from Uganda, mm -hmm. but I have to communicate with both of us. We have to communicate in English with, my, with our children because I try to teach them Malagasy language. It's hard. Yes. They will not do it. And my husband try to teach uh, his language it's 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 not possible like you know so english is the only language that we can communicate each other okay well that's interesting um remember that english has become a very international language and it's uh, it's normal that people let's say someone from germany travels to france and they don't speak french probably the communication will happen in in english yeah that's true and uh, what what do you think is the most difficult thing for you to do in english the the thing that i think um i i i can see here in 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 south africa like the way they pronounce english it's different completely different because they are most of them are uh, south african and uh, sometimes they will not understand what the things that I, I I talk to them when I'm using the accent that I used to use to okay. communicate to people. So <laughs> I have to deal with, like, I have to join their accent so that they will understand what I'm saying. Yes. Like if I try to 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 speak like an American, for example, maybe like because <laughs> I was I was trying to. To get their pronunciation in order to work when i was working as the translator with the american couple mm -hmm. i have to know you know their accent even yeah. if i have my own accent yes and uh, i used to, to have that accent when i came here it's it's kind of like difficult to the people here to understand me you know what i'm saying Yes. So that's that's I, I can see that it's kind of like hard. Yes. Like to uh, to communicate with them. So yes. <laughs> it, this is yeah. this is why it's important to um to have a more international standard. And in my case, as a teacher, I always try, even though I have an American accent pronunciation, I don't expect my students to copy my accent or anything like that. I mean, I expect them to have their own accent and their own identity and. And, and part of that is is being intelligible. So intelligibility is, you know, that capacity that you have to understand other people speaking, no matter the, the accent that they have. Um, so it's it's um, it's my basically my objective as a teacher to, you know, uh, teach English in, in that way. 
good mm -hmm. it's 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 great um yeah and what do you hope to do in the future i mean do you think that english will be useful for you in the future yes uh, i can say that english is very important for my life even now um yeah i am an english teacher and uh, that's the work i did when i was in madagascar okay. because we do have uh, english language there like english um institution okay. and when i was there I have been like part of the life of the people there and they have been like um, got a nice job or they have been improving their life when when I was there trying to help them and teach them and you know so we moved here and still teach online for uh, for, for 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 our student there and then even here I can see like, um, study because now I'm, I'm, I'm studying online and I use English. If I don't know English, I cannot. I cannot do anything at all. So I think in future, even the work that I'm doing now here, um, I work with my husband as um, mm -hmm. um, as a uh, what is it um, administrator uh, assistant administrator. Okay. And it's kind of like hard for me. That's why I'm studying administrative, but. Okay. Everything is in English, I'm telling you. Yes. So if oh. without English, I don't think so if I can do anything. So now I'm studying my um, uh, the, the course that I'm doing now and it will help me. It will, it will, I don't know, send me far or it will improve my life better. Mm -hmm. So I think the things that I can I can say is that without English, I cannot do anything. <laughs> <laughs> because I have seen that the English can change my life. If it wasn't English, I'm telling you, I will not be here in this in this country. So um, I have to say goodbye now, and um, it's it's awesome. Thank you very much for can your you time. It's been a pleasure for me to meet you and to share, you know, common jobs. I mean, like we have, we're both teachers, and and I think that's amazing. And thank you very much for your time. And thank you very much also for your time. Like uh, I just, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. <laughs>Wow, those were 10 excellent minutes. And I had to edit the conversation because at moments we lost connection, uh, probably because it was my connection was not reliable or her connection was not reliable. But, you know, I think we have pretty good material to work on. So the first thing that I would like to get out of the way is this. Um, in terms of pronunciation, her English is very intelligible. I didn't have any problems with understanding her and it was amazing. She has the typical pronunciation of a person living and, and coming from the southern part of Africa, which I love. I mean, it's it's amazing the way they flatten out the, the vowels and they don't, you know, use so many diphthongs and, you know, it's it's just a, a, an adorable and I, I really it's a cute accent and I really enjoy listening to people from South Africa from any part of of Africa I have a, as, as I said in the interview I have a friend a co-worker from Zimbabwe and I love the way she talks um, it's it's just a music to my ears however 
when she said provinces, well, she said it like this. Because there is a six provinces there. And I chose two examples because I think she said it uh, three times. Uh, she misplaced the stress. Uh, it's not prov provinces, it's provinces. It's the stress in the beginning. So we say e either in singular or plural, we say provinces. And, you know, it's, it's still understandable, but it sounds a little odd because I believe that in, in the standards, uh, international standards, or even in England or the US or Australia, for example, Canada, um, you would say provinces. I mean, in, in with a stress in the first syllable. Another thing that I heard when when she was talking about uh, past uh, experiences is that she had some mixed control with past uh, actions and past uh, states. For example, when she said this, I know I grew up in town. And also when she was talking about her brother helping her with the translation, she said this. When I was when I was there and I, I went and visit and I need my brother to translate and it was so <laughs> funny. And in the first case, she should have said, I grew, which is the past of grow. I grew up in a town. Also, she forgot to use the uh, article, which in other occasions, if you, if you can go back to the conversation, there were just a few moments in which she forgot to use the article. But it's not much of an issue. Uh, it's the term, it's, a, it's the use of the past, which I think is quite interesting because she managed excellently well in the rest of the conversation to talk about past situations. But in, in the first case, for example, she should have said, I grew up in a town. And in the second case, she should have said, I needed my brother to translate. So I think it's a slip uh, in terms of... Uh, communication because she's a very fluent speaker. It is one of those moments in which um, her brain just, you know, stops uh, controlling grammar. And, you know, it's, as I said, it's a slip. It's not much of, an, uh, much of a thing. It's not really a big issue. It's one of those moments in which you just, you know, lose control of, of grammar. And as a third point, uh, there was a, just a tiny little thing with a preposition when she was, when she said this. English is the only language that we can communicate each other. And she forgot to use with, uh, communicate with each each other. It's not a it's not a problem to be honest. Um, it's just a you know another slip, in in a very fluent speaker, and in in that case, for example, I think it doesn't really compare to all the wonderful things that she said. Now getting back to the to what she does amazingly well. And this is my, as always, it's my favorite part. Let's start with this. But even if I came from Fianarantu, I don't know the Betzlo language. In this first example, she used a complex sentence. It's a complex structure uh, beginning with even, even if. And she controlled that sentence really, really nicely. And she did really well. This is exactly the kind of structure that we expect from highly advanced learners and highly advanced speakers as Jenny. She also used, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just choosing this example and the following example. Listen to this. My life, if it wasn't English, I'm telling you, I will not be here in this, in this country. This was even better because it was a conditional sentence. And in, in terms of conversation, I know that uh, some people would say, no, but she used wasn't, not weren't. But honestly, in, in spoken discourse, both are 
perfectly fine. And even in the US, for example, or the UK, you would hear a lot of people using wasn't more than weren't, especially in spoken conversation. Maybe in written language, you would probably, you know, stick with the weren't because, it, you know, a lot of people say that it's the, the subjunctive of English in that case. Another area that she used very well was, in her discourse, the use of like. I know this is a common thing, and a lot of people criticize it, but to be honest, I mean, I use it myself when I'm talking to people, and it's a normal thing. It's, a, it's part of the variations of, you know, the different varieties of English, and I think the use of like is quite normal, quite common, and uh, there are actually variations um, of, you know, the way people use it in the UK or the international standard for like. And I heard about, for example, the way Irish people um, use like. They use it in at, at the beginning or at the end of the sentence, which is not the common standard in international English, which is uh, like when you say in, when you say it in the middle of a sentence, the way she said it. Listen. Uh, even me, like, oh my goodness, and my dad was like, you have to come here and learn because how how can you do that? And I was like, because I grew up in town, so I can't. In this other extract that I'm taking, she's using great discourse skills, a wonderful piece of collocation, which is know by heart or, or learn by heart, which is, you know, using your memory. And she's also using uh, intonation to uh, liven up an anecdote. Listen. My teacher, when I ask my teacher, what is this and that? And then my teacher is like, no, you can, you have to know it by heart. And, you know, and this is part of what makes English natural for her. She's uh, very natural sounding. She, you know, can have a wonderful conversation. And you wouldn't, you would actually think that she's probably a native speaker with all the typical markers of native speakers in certain regions in, in South Africa. And probably what all the things uh, and all the slips that I'm mentioning here um, that I mentioned before, you know, are probably, you know, probable markers of the variety of English that she's used to speaking. Remember that when I say international English or intelligible English, um, I'm not I'm not taking into account, for example, the different varieties of English. And I know that there are varieties of English that you, the, in which people use different grammatical patterns and grammatical constructions that other people might not consider correct. But I'm not I'm not a prescriptivist. I'm not a I'm not a person who, you know, chastises or criticizes people for not speaking a standard. I think every variety of English is worth uh, studying and worth analyzing. <laughs> Another point that I would like to mention is the way she uses hedging. Now, hedging is the, ca the capacity that we have to soften things and we use structures to be uh, less um, exact about what we're saying. For example, when we say, and if you remember the episode in which I talked about anecdotes and Will Smith was talking about anecdotes, if you haven't heard it, go back. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for you here. In that conversation, uh, when Will Smith was uh, talking about when he started l writing his lyrics, 
um, he said uh, that he started when he was about 12. So using, for example, about is a way of hedging, is a way of distancing uh, yourself from a situation and you don't want to be, you know, like 100% certain. She said this. It's, it's kind of like difficult to the people here to understand me. And in her particular case, she used kind of like. So it's kind of like, kind of like. Um, and it's a very common feature in conversation when we want to soften something. We want to make it softer. And this is what we call hedging. For many people, it would sound like you're not very sure, but I think it's a very common feature in conversation and in discourse. And I think it's completely normal. And the way she used it, it's definitely one of those ways in which we use it constantly in English. And finally, I'd like to bring up something she said. Listen to this. Okay. Because we do have English language there, like English um, institution. And this is an example of using auxiliaries to emphasize something in affirmative positive sentences. When you use, for example, do, she said, we do have instead of we have. And she, it was a choice that she made just to make an emphasis on something, you know, to make it sound more sure, more certain. And we do this um, many times. Imagine a conversation between two people, you know, uh, who are lovers, and then one tells the other, I love you. And then the other says, no, no, I'm not really sure that you love me. And then the person, uh, the first person says, yes, I do love you. So they do, in this case, for example, it, it adds a little emphasis. And we can use other, you know, auxiliaries. We use do, does, did, um, have, for example, and we increase the intonation just to make sure that it's, you know, it's for real. The only thing is that whenever you want to use this for emphasis, you have to forget about the conjugation of the main verb. For example, if you want, if you want to say that she loves uh, cooking, and you want to use the emphasis, she does love cooking, you cannot use the loves, for example, because the auxiliary is already doing the part of the conjugation of the third person. So just, just remember that. And we get to the end of our episode. Thank you very much, Jenny. It was an immense pleasure for me to talk to you and it, it really makes me feel great that uh, other people out there are just English teachers like me and share what they know, whatever it's for whatever it's worth. I mean, if it's a lot, if it's a little, I think that teaching is a very noble occupation. And it's it's very sad, for example, and this this was part of our conversation. I just didn't include it in, in the original conversation because it would get really, really long. Um, we talked about, for example, how governments around the world don't take, don't usually take, and this is a, a piece of criticism that I would like to make because uh, English teachers around the world, we work so hard to teach people how to, you know, uh, learn a language, and sometimes we get paid pennies. We we get paid, you know, um, peanuts, as as the expression, you know, a friend of mine uses. Um, and it's very sad, actually, and we do it because we love it, and 
otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing it at all so jenny thank you very much for sharing your experience i hope to have you again in my podcast anytime soon and for the rest of the people out there don't hesitate to contact me remember that all the details are in the episode description i also have my facebook group and which i will uh, put in the description of the of the episode and i also have my website which will also be included in the episode description so don't hesitate to talk to me and and be showcased in any of our future episodes so thank you very very much to everyone around the world listening to my podcast say hello say hi and be good talk to you next week bye bye